When a doctor stops and says to you, there's a mass on your son's brain, the first thing you think of is that your son has cancer. And then there's a waiting game of four whole days to get answers because as a first time mum, I had no idea that I could demand those answers sooner. The doctors would walk into the room, they would talk amongst themselves as if me and my husband didn't exist. Then they would walk on back out that door and our world would crumble more and more each day. But let me just take you back a moment. I'm a 22-year-old first-time mum to a lovely 16-month-old boy called Jasper. Um, I'm married to my husband um, and he works for a major retailer as a manager, but he just got his enlistment date for the Royal Australian Air Force. We're in June and um, his enlistment date was for October the same year. So um, what would happen, Jasper would wake us up every single morning yelling out, mum, 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 or dad, dad, dad from his cot. And we'd get up, we'd start our day. I was a home loan lender, so um, I worked for a major bank in Brisbane. Um, So he'd do that every morning except for this one morning. And um, this one morning he didn't wake us up. I remember waking up at 7am in the morning thinking, oh, that's a bit odd, Jasper hasn't woken me up. So I got up, I walked into his room and that's when I found him in his cot just staring and his head and eyes fixated to the right. He couldn't sit, talk, walk, respond to me. I didn't process it at the time that he was very unwell. For some reason, I picked him up and said to hubby, let's just head to the super clinic down the road. It was only two minutes away. So we get in the car, we drive on down, we walk into the GP and the GP is looking, he's like, he he needs to go to the hospital. And um, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. I didn't think he was that sick, but he's like, here's a letter you need, I'll call an ambulance. I'm like, no, it's just 10 minutes down the road. Don't waste ambulance resources, we're right. And um, so we load Jasper back up into the car and we start heading to the hospital 10 minutes down the road. I called my boss at the time and said, look, my son's a bit sick, I've got to take him to the hospital. And he was really um, rude and was like, no, nah, you're leaving the team down, we've got too many people off the floor sick with the flu, so you're going to have to come in. Can't your husband do it, was his response. And I said, you know what, I'm not coming in today, my son's sick, and I hung up. And it was in that moment I looked in the revision mirror of my car as I was driving and it's, it's an image that haunts me to this day. And um, it's Jasper's face stuck in the side of his car seat because he couldn't move his neck or his eyes. And it was just that realisation that, shit, my kid is sick. Um, and that's when it really hit us on the way. So we rock up to Logan Hospital in, in southeast Brisbane and um, I said to hubby, look, Dave, you, you park the car, I'll take Jasper and I get him out and he's all, he's all floppy in my arms. I walk on in and the triage nurse takes one look and in slow motion she hits that emergency button. There's a, a sound ringing through the emergency department. I've got 20 people running towards us, snatching my little baby out of my hands and taking him to the paediatric resuscitation area. And um, then they realised, they started doing testing and they're like, this is beyond our scope in our hospital. So they ended up transferring us to the Marta Children's in Brisbane. And while in the transport vehicle, I called my boss up and said, look, I'm so sorry, but I probably won't be at work for the next week or two. And he blasted me. He's like, how dare you? You're letting the team down. It's probably just a snotty nose that you just run to the hospital for. And um, so I hung up in tears and the nurse that was transporting us said, "Uh uh-uh, you call that bastard back and you tell him you're going to Fair Work Australia. I heard that, I'll give you my details, I'll support your fight. 
So I did call him back and I, I gave him two options. And it, at the time, it was just on the moment. I said, look, you've got two options, mate. And the first option is I'll go quietly. You give me my sick leave, annual leave and my pro rata long service leave, which was equivalent to five weeks then. Or I'm going to go screaming and we're going to Fair Work Australia. He goes, I'll give you a call back. And he, he did call me back and um, he must have realised how much trouble he was in because he paid me out all my entitlements. And I said, good, shove that up your ass. See you later. <laughs> um, so we get to the Marta Children's and um, we, this is where we're getting more tests done and we're at, at the MRI. Day four, the doctors finally walked in and acknowledged me and my husband sitting there. And they said, look, your son's had a stroke on the pons region of your brainstem. I'm like, shit, who knew kids could have bloody strokes? But anyway, um, but not only that, his diagnosis is listed up, cerebral palsy, epilepsy, heart problems, developmental delays. So things were amounting, which was so overwhelming being such a young mum. Um, so they told us because of the resources in Brisbane that they couldn't discharge us, we had to stay in hospital until he was well enough where they could um, let us go because it was a two-year wait list for an emergency paediatric outpatients appointment and allied health to help him walk and talk and sit and everything again. So we had to stay in hospital. So we get to October. Dave has headed off to the Royal Australian Air Force down to Wagga Wagga. We're still in hospital at this stage. And um, so he's off and gone for eight months. Um, and two weeks after he left, we had a metabolic spe specialist walk in and goes, look, um, I've had to speak to all these specialists around the world and we think Jasper's got a mitochondrial disease called MELAS. I'm like, OK, yep, all right, because I need to do a blood test used to blood test, he, he gets them all the time. So, yep, no worries. But then there's that waiting game that's popped up again. It's going to take six months because it's got to go to Alaska. Who knew Australia couldn't process this blood test to tell us the results? So I was like, okay, no worries. So what's this mean? And he said to me, he goes, well, we're 99% certain he's got it, so we're going to treat him like he's got it. And um, because he's got this, we're pretty certain he's got this condition, he's going to die within five years of onset of his first symptom, which was his stroke. And um, to be sitting alone in the hospital to get that news was pretty tough when your husband's away and you can only get 15 minutes on the phone of a night time to tell him that news that, hey, the doctors think your kid's going to die. Um, and then even more confronting when you have a palliative care team walk on in and let you know how they're going to make him so peaceful that it's not, he won't even know that he's dying. So, and not only that, I wouldn't know for six months if he was going to. So the first thing I said to David was, am I still going to be a mum when he dies? And the other thing was, I've just told my boss to piss his job up the wall. So what am I going to do when he does die? Like, what, what am I going to do? I've got no future. No one's going to want to hire me. You know, I've got nothing left once my little guy dies. Because we wouldn't know for six months. So my husband said, look, you always wanted to be a midwife. Why don't you sign up and do that? It's something to look forward to and um, you could do it slowly. And so I took his advice. I signed up with um, 
I couldn't get into midwifery. My marks weren't good enough. <laughs> um, but they said, look, go into nursing, do 12 months and transfer over to midwifery. So I took him up on that offer. So while we were in hospital and Dave was away, um, I'd put Jasper to bed at 6pm and I'd study till midnight that night. I had family going, well, isn't that a bit selfish that you're studying when your child's dying? Like, wouldn't you want to spend every second with him? And they just couldn't understand that I needed something to look forward to in my future. And, um, but then I also had supportive family, like my mother-in-law would come and sit up at the hospital while I went and sat at my exams. I also watched every move that a nurse and doctor made and watched how they treated my son. Um, we finally got discharged and then we got told we're posted to Darwin. Everyone told us it would be the worst move in our life, that hospital up there's third world. But I tell you what... <laughs> It was the best move we ever made, moving up to Darwin medically. So I cannot thank the medical staff enough up here. Yeah. So um, we had a lot of criticism and, you know, we just went with the theory of whatever happens, happens. We'll come up here and see how we go. And um, so let's fast forward. Um, well, I want to give you the good news that Jasper's almost eight years old. Yeah. That test result came back negative, so he didn't have that condition. We still have no idea what's caused all his medical issues, but almost eight years old and he's doing really well um, considering and we're super proud of him. He's got a four-year-old brother that's got autism um, that's just been newly diagnosed. That took us by surprise. So that for me as a carer means I do eight to ten hours of appointments a fortnight. So that's medical appointments, therapy appointments and school appointments or anything to help them succeed in life, I do a fortnight, which is a lot of time. Because I didn't finish that midwifery degree, but I did finish my nursing degree with distinction. So, yeah. <laughs> so I now I'm doing my postgraduate studies and hopefully going to complete my master's in nursing. I also work up at Royal Darwin on the paediatric ward as well because... In reflection, when we were going through our journey, not one person stopped in the medical world and asked us if we, me and my husband were okay. Not one person stopped and explained what was happening to my child on the bed, what tests they were doing, what were they poking and prodding and causing my child to cry. I had no idea until I picked up my nursing what actually was going on with his admission. And it gave me a fire that to stay in the nursing stream and get into paediatrics because I want to advocate for my families equally as much as the children. And I want to make sure that every family that I look after understands what's going on with their child, whether it's a small break in their bone right through a new um, diagnosis. And this really resonated the other day when I had a mum going through a similar journey, life-changing journey and diagnosis with her child. And you could sort of see that she was really stressed. And I said, mum, are you okay? And at that moment, she burst into tears. And just like me, I was not okay and she was not okay. She had no idea what the future meant, just like me. I had no idea what our future meant. So, um, you know, just by asking that question, are you okay, it opened up so many doors so I could point her in the right direction, like Carers NT, like NDIS, and thing, places and organisations to navigate to give support that I wish someone had told me about. So... Um, yeah, I just think this is a major flaw in our medical system around Australia. And I hope, I really hope that I can make a change and change someone else's life so they don't go through the stressful journey we did and minimise the burden of that waiting game.
Thank you, guys.